The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. better get healthy and help animals welcome to main street vegan with your host victoria moran when i was a brand new vegan and also getting serious about spirituality and living a life that matters someone said to me if this way of being touches you anywhere It touches you everywhere. And I've found that to be true. I'm Victoria Moran, host of the Main Street Vegan Show. And our aim with this program and all the programming on our host network, Unity Online Media, is here to touch you, to touch your heart in particular on this Valentine's Day as we explore the heart in a couple of important ways. After the break, we'll talk about your faithful beating heart and how to feed it with Rosanto Molina, award-winning registered dietitian. She'll come on at 20 past the hour. And if you have nutrition questions for Vasanto, give us a call, 816-347-5519. And right now, we'll be touching the metaphorical heart, the one that opens to the needs and the suffering of others with a very big-hearted woman, Laura Lee Blanchard, founder in 2008 of Leilani Farm Sanctuary of Maui and author of Finding Paradise, a sweet, sweet book with gorgeous photographs. It's an autobiography of sorts and also the biography of this idyllic sanctuary. Dr. Will Tuttle says of the book, Laura Lee intrigues us with her remarkable odyssey going from riches to rags to real riches. Welcome, Laura Lee Blanchard. Well, thank you, Victoria. I'm so happy to be on your show. Oh, thank you. Well, I kind of wish I were where you are (laughs) over there in Maui with the animals. So, you know, you did something remarkable. You cashed in your life savings and started a farm sanctuary. That doesn't happen every day. Tell us your story. Well, I was working in the corporate world where my days were spent in high-rise office buildings, and I didn't know anything about factory farming or the treatment of animals raised for food. But one day I watched an undercover video of a factory farm where these animals were kept in intensive confinement. They were so tightly squeezed they couldn't even turn around. They were living in squalor. It was absolutely horrendous. And then I saw some footage of a slaughterhouse, and I realized that these animals are not being killed humanely at all. In fact, they're being dismembered while still conscious. So I made the decision to stop eating animals and became vegan. 
and that was absolutely the best decision I've ever made in my life. And I went and visited a farm sanctuary in Northern California and spent the afternoon meeting pigs, chickens, turkeys, cows, and I was just astounded by how personable these animals were, just like our dogs and cats. These gigantic dairy cows weighing 2,500 pounds loved to be brushed, and uh, the pigs were very personable. They loved belly rubs. So that whole experience was so impactful to me that when I returned to my high-rise office, I decided to cash in my life savings leave the corporate world, buy a farm, and start a sanctuary where I could give visitors a chance to meet species of animals whom they might otherwise never get a chance to meet and connect with them, interact, and hopefully after this experience regard these animals as individuals rather than as breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm. And I love that you use the word personable <laughs> because they really are persons yeah, in, in their own species, are. in their own ways. So Maui, had you had experience on Maui before? Why did you put your sanctuary there? Well, Maui is an ideal place to have a farm sanctuary for several reasons. One is that it's a visitor destination. Tourists come from all over the world. So it's a perfect opportunity for us to provide vegan education to people who might otherwise not get the message. And having a constant stream of visitors also helps us build our support. And many people who come to the farm fall in love with a particular animal and decide to sponsor that animal. And that's how we're able to provide food, shelter, and veterinary care because we're 100% volunteer. Nobody gets a paycheck. So that's one reason that Maui's perfect. The other two reasons have to do with the climate. It's always comfortable, never gets too hot or too cold for the animals. And thirdly, we don't have predators here in the islands. We don't have snakes, mountain lions, raccoons, foxes, or other animals that would prey on our our animals. In fact, we even have 16 rescued guinea pigs who get to live outside. They have houses that they can go in and out of as well, but they're completely safe here. So it's it's just an idyllic place for a farm sanctuary. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and I can see from the pictures in your book, Finding Paradise, that it really, really is paradise. I hope we all get to go. But of course, people can adopt and, and foster animals without visiting. And on this Valentine's Day or any other holiday or birthday, there is no better gift than that. My stepchildren for Christmas this year gave my husband and me the adoption of um, a donkey at the uh, Canadian Borough Sanctuary. <laughs> His name is Kevin. We have his picture on my desk. And it's just, it's a wonderful, wonderful gift. So do think about um, Leilani um, uh, Farm Sanctuary when you're making a a present list for whatever the occasion might be. So, So tell us, I know we can look at the pictures in the book, but if we were there right now, what would we be seeing? Well, when you enter, you see a tropical oasis. Plants grow beautifully here. All, we have plants in all colors of the rainbow, and we irrigate the plants with water from the duck ponds. So when I clean, oh, wow. when I clean out the duck pond, I, I, use, I drain the water through a hose and water the plants so the plants get all the phytonutrients. And when we clean out the barns, all the manure and the straw gets composted so the plants get fertilized. So everything is thriving, and we grow a lot of food for the animals. So when you arrive, you see um, banana groves, mango trees, papayas, avocados, all kinds of fruit crops and food crops that feed the animals. And um, you also see something that's a little unusual for a sanctuary, and that is in the pasture we have a variety of species of animals all living harmoniously together. 
So when you pull up and park, you'll see animals grazing in the food orchard, and they might include donkeys, pigs, deer, sheep, goats, uh, African sulcata tortoises, free range on the farm. It's all fenced in, but they, they, they can go all over the eight acres. So it's really a beautiful beautiful scene here lots of magic and mm. we created my dream was to create a storybook farm and make it as be- as an artist I I love beauty and so we've got hand painted signs and and the barns are all painted white with or I'm sorry red with white trim with cupolas on the barns so it's really it's really a great place for photo opportunities and visitors, um, they bring their cameras and they take pictures of themselves with the animals, and then we get to um, publicize them on Facebook, and it just keeps raising more awareness to the cause. Mm-hmm. Well, Lorley, as a an artist and a a one time commercial real estate person, how did you learn how to be a farmer? Well, I learned as I went. I did research. I I had to learn about all these different species of animals. We have 15 different species of animals here. So I educated myself. I did go to the the animal care conference that Farm Sanctuary hosts in Watkins Glen, New York, and that was very educational. And as far as farming, I've just, um, it's been a, in-process learning experience, and it's been wonderful. I just love the lifestyle. Well, it, it is beautiful, and as I hear you describe your life, it really sounds like uh, one of maybe the top 20 lives on the planet right now. Where, where do your wonderful animals come from? Well, unfortunately, there is no shortage of animals in need of rescue here in Paradise. Hunters shoot uh, goats year-round. Goats oh. are brought to the islands for hunting, and their numbers have exploded as a re- due to the fact that there are no natural predators. Same with deer. So we get the orphans, and we get calls every day from people wanting us to take animals, pigs, chickens, rabbits, deer, goats. And, of course, we can only take so many. And um, all of our animals came from Maui. So those are the typical situations. We have a cow who was living on a ranch, and the rancher decided that she was not a good enough milk producer, so he marked her for the slaughterhouse. But one of the workers on the ranch had developed a very loving friendship with this with this cow named Dorothy, and he could not bear the thought of Dorothy being turned into hamburger. So he was willing to pay his boss whatever amount of money the slaughterhouse would have given for the cow. So here she is. She's living happily on the farm. And in the end, the rancher did not dock his employees' paycheck. So (laughs) an all-around wonderful situation. We have two turkeys who were uh, whisked away from a farm where they were butchered or slated to be butchered for Thanksgiving. So one of the um, workers brought them to us right before Thanksgiving, and they have been such wonderful ambassadors. Turkeys are really affectionate, and they love to be picked up and cuddled like big babies. We have a brother and sister pair, Matthew and Erica, and the boy in particular, Matthew, he weighs nearly 35 pounds. He's really heavy, but he loves to be held. So he's a great ambassador on farm tours. Many people mm. who meet him say that their turkey eating days are over. No more oh. turkey for them. And that's so good. That's precisely what we love to hear. Of course, and I know I'm a big fan of sanctuaries. That's why you're on. We we feature a sanctuary once a season. We call this our seasonal sanctuary stroll. And I think, what a wonderful, if I ever retire in my life, maybe I'll actually do that. Every season, I'll go visit another sanctuary. For now, we do it on the air. 
And I know that some people say, well, you can't save all the animals. And so what's the point? It's expensive to run these places. But I think what these critics are not seeing is the tremendous educational and, and outreach advantage that a farm sanctuary offers that nothing else can. Tell us about your educational efforts and how you know they're working. Well, everybody who comes begins with an introduction. We explain how the animals came here, and we explain how fortunate these animals are that nobody will ever consume them. So in sharing the animal stories, the people learn about the industry. And during the tour, we encourage people to really interact with the animals. We give them brushes so they can brush the goats and the deer and the cow. And so after interacting with these animals up close and personal, people really have heart-opening experiences. And many people, we, we encourage people to rethink their food choices. Everybody who comes receives a vegan starter guide. The kids get the kids' guide to helping animals. And many people report back to us later that they have not eaten an animal product since their last visit. And we're so happy to hear that. We hear it all the time. And there was one couple. This couple um, is now um, operating a very successful farm sanctuary called... called um, Shoot, the name's eluding me for a minute. Black, Blackberry Creek Farm Sanctuary in California. And when they came, when they came to visit, they were not even vegetarians. They were omnivores. And when I suggested some vegan restaurants nearby, they snickered because they thought vegan food was disgusting. But they they became vegan and they even started a sanctuary, and it's thriving. So those are the those are the influences that we are aiming to have on visitors. And obviously you're doing it. Now, how about this beautiful book that I am lucky enough to have a copy of in my hands? How does everybody else get one? Oh, well, the book is available on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. They can, if they visit the sanctuary, we have boxes of the books here, and we're thrilled that Costco is now carrying the book wow. in the Islands. So <laughs> for the vegan message to be coming out of Costco, that's we're pretty happy about that. You know, I am so proud I of Costco these days. I wonder if they bothered to read the book before putting it on the shelves, since the book isn't too um, complimentary of the dairy and egg and meat industries, but they're selling the book. In fact, you know, we're even I, having a book, big book signing Meet the Author event in March at Costco. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, on Maui? They're on Maui where you are? Did I lose you, Laura Lee? Okay. May have lost Laura Lee. We're having, you know, connections from... Hawaii to New York to Kansas City. Good heavens, it's amazing that this ever works. Uh, but she was telling us about Finding Paradise, Leilani Farm Sanctuary of Maui. That's the wonderful book that you can find on Amazon. And also, before I did this interview, I looked up the meaning of the word Leilani. I know that Hawaiian words often have such wonderful meanings. And Leilani means heavenly flower or royal child, royal child of heaven. And I think what a wonderful name for a farm sanctuary because these places really are like finding paradise. I lost yeah. you for a minute, Laura Lee. Happy to have you back yeah. and get to say, uh, so I just, your, your March signing at Costco, that's in Maui? Yes, that's going to be here on Maui. Okay, wonderful. Well, people look for that. I'm crazy about Costco because they're also stocking the Main Street Vegan Academy cookbook. So obviously they have got some kind of demographic research telling them that they need to be stocking vegan books. So good for us. Super good for the animals. Yeah. The future is vegan. It is. It is for sure. So everybody, it is LeilaniFarmSanctuary.org. That's L-E-I-L-A-N-I. 
and um, Leilani Farm Sanctuary on on Facebook. Uh, you can find out uh, more of the URLs for all kinds of social media on the show notes at MainStreetVegan.net. Laura Lee, thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for this lovely book. And may, may your royal child of heaven out there on Maui continue to save lives and open hearts. Oh, well, thank you, Victoria, and I hope to have you visit us sometime in the future, and I hope many of your listeners (laughs) will come and visit the farm, and if they can't visit the farm, we are on Facebook, and they can visit our website. That's great. Fantastic. Thanks to you and listeners. Stay with us because we're going to bring on Vasanto Molina, and you're going to find out all about your enchanting, beating heart. Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one. Please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Sometimes you might feel so alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24-7 prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. Listen and relax as you hear the beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. The toll-free number is 1-800-NOW-PRAY. Be sure to grab the latest issue of Unity Magazine and read the interview with Ram Das, the iconic spiritual leader of the 60s. He's now focused on how to age consciously. Spiritual author Thomas Moore reflects on grumpy old men and women. And Barbara Bowen writes a touching story about her experience as a caregiver to her mother with dementia. To subscribe to Unity Magazine, go to unity.org and click on Publications. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody. To anyone who's not familiar with Main Street Vegan or with me, I'm Victoria Moran. I've been vegan for 35 years. I've written a whole lot of books on the subject, notably Main Street Vegan and the brand new cookbook with my co-author J.L. Fields, the Main Street Vegan Academy cookbook. That's from the Academy that I founded in 2012, an in-person program in New York City that trains and certifies vegan lifestyle coaches and educators. Maybe you want to be one of those. 
six and a half days in New York City. Lots of fun. <laughs> Amazing faculty. Uh, take a look over there at MainStreetVegan.net. One of our graduates, uh, who happens also to be a medical doctor, you certainly don't have to be that to come to the Academy, but she's Deborah Shapiro, MD, and she's written this week's blog post, which is called The Coconut Conundrum. So what's the deal there? Is a coconut a miraculous saturated fat, or is it just a saturated fat that raises our so-called bad cholesterol? Well, you can find out by going to MainStreetVegan.net slash blog. Gosh, we'd love it if you subscribe. And, of course, we love you anyway on this Valentine's Day. And I especially love getting to introduce you to incredible guests, such as our next one, Vasanto Molina, MSRD. She is the lead author of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics position paper on vegetarian diets. Her award-winning books are classics on on plant-based nutrition. She also teaches nutrition at the Living Light Culinary Institute in Northern California, and we'll put that uh, URL on the show notes if you want to go there or take a course. So if you do have a nutrition question that you would like to ask Vasanto, the number is 816-347-5519 from Anywhere on planet Earth. Welcome, Vasanto. Thank you, Victoria. It's a pleasure. Very much. Oh, pleasure. It's wonderful to talk with you. And during the break, you were just telling Laura Lee that you were in Maui, on Maui. I'm never quite sure how to say that. You were in the Hawaiian there, Islands. Yeah. <laughs> I woke up, went up to the top of Haleakala, and saw the most gorgeous sunrise. And one of the people who drives drives um, the tourists up every day said he he sees that sunrise five days a week, and it was a one in a hundred. <laughs> it was a really beautiful sunrise. So anyway, wow. that kind of. But I do get to travel to different places. Yes, it's a, a real pleasure. And wherever I go, meet these phenomenal people, really wonderful people. So I get a, a very different take on planet Earth from what you might get from reading the news. <laughs> well, that is the way to do it. And I know you live in, in Vancouver, British Columbia, supposedly yes. one of the most beautiful cities on Earth. Yes, so, it is. <laughs> You kind of have the uh, geographic karma going on, and much well-deserved. So I know we've been trying to do this show for the longest time, and it's so much fun that we're doing it live on Valentine's Day, and you were smart enough to think about the heart connection. So let's start with that, Vasanto, as a long-time and award-winning and highly recognized registered dietitian who also happens to be vegan, what steps can we take to ensure that we have a good heart? Well, this is I'm, as author of this position paper on vegetarian nutrition, I, I, people could go to my website, Nutrispeak.com, that's N-U-T-R-I-S-P-E-A-K.com, and see this position paper. But it apparently, with the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, is their most widely read position paper. People are really interested in this around the world, and it summarizes what's going on with health, and nutrition, and this one focused on plant-based diets. And and we find, uh, for example, with cardiovascular disease, that if you go plant-based, and that's either lacto-ovo-vegetarian, but even more so vegan, you reduce your risk of getting heart disease by a third. And with if you go completely vegan, you can reduce it even more than that. So there's been some huge studies done, some really big studies. The Adventist Health Study with over 90,000 people tracked over uh, years and years and years and the Epic Oxford Studies, and they both show these results. You reduce your risk of disease. So when people have had relatives that they watch them go through this tragic um, disease conditions, debilitating situations and also dying from these, 
uh, we don't need to do that. And a lot of people are interested in reducing their risk of cardiovascular disease, for example. So you're telling Um, us to go vegetarian or ideally vegan, and a lot of people have read books that say we need to do a lot more than that. We need to cut out sugar and oil and salt. And some people say, well, gosh, you know, I'd like to be healthy, but that just seems like it's a lot to ask. Where do you come down on all that? Well, there seem to be several camps of talking to people about uh, health and disease. And in one set of situation, you're dealing with healthy people who just want to stay real healthy as they get older. And in another context, you might be talking to people who actually have disease. And when you're talking about an intervention, somebody has cardiovascular disease already, they're having angina, or they have uh, hypertension, very high blood pressure, or type 2 diabetes, or they're way overweight, they want to make a drastic intervention to get some results. And this can be very encouraging when people do that because they start seeing results really fast. So that's one situation. The other is if you just want to reduce your risk, uh, you don't need to go on some diet that is quite as drastic an intervention. And sometimes people are looking at the, say, the doctors, um, Esselstein and Campbell and Neil Bernard, that are specifically working with the intervention and reversal. If, if they just want to have a real healthy diet, they could have much more moderate fat levels. They can use sodium um, to up to the recommended, like 2,400 milligrams a day. They're okay with that, and um, they can get along well and have an absolutely delicious, entirely plant-based diet. So people sometimes think they have to take it too far and these are the real healthy people. I see. So as we're talking about oils, I do want to ask if you could weigh in on the topic of, of the Main Street Vegan blog post this week, which is coconut oil. Now, in the coconut olden oil. days, <laughs> yeah, when, yeah, when I first became vegan and, and got interested in this, I mean, it was it was before Dean Ornish showed that a low-fat, virtually vegan what? diet could reverse heart disease and all that. But basically, yeah. we were told... One of the main reasons that vegans are so protected against heart disease is that the only really high saturated fats in the plant kingdom are coconut, palm oil, and to a lesser extent, cocoa butter. And if you basically avoid those things, you're cool. And then all of a sudden, a few years ago, coconut oil became this health food. Help us understand. (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, we've also, my co-author Brenda Davis and I, we started writing books 25 years ago, and we've gone through an evolution in our thinking about oils as well. Back then we were talking about canola oil being good, and then it turned out so much of it's genetically modified. That's tricky. And then um, in some of our, one of our later books, Cooking Vegan, we've used more coconut oil. And where we're at now is thinking, hey, don't use extracted oils hardly at all, period. Like, maybe have a little bit of olive oil. A little bit of coconut oil isn't terrible. But use things like tahini and avocado. Use whole olives. Use seeds and nuts. There you get much more uh, nutrient per calorie. You get the vitamin E. You get a lot of uh, minerals. You don't get that with an extracted oil. So coconut oil really just turns out to be an oil. It's an extracted fat, and we sure don't need a lot of extra of that. We're way better off to have, say, on our salad, uh, lemon tahini dressing, something like that. Um, So coconut oil isn't a miracle food, and in very small amounts it isn't terrible, but you're better off with whole foods. In fact, um, coconut is not not a bad food. It's a whole food, really. And what about these fats that we are definitely told are super-duper good and we need to be getting them, and those are the omega-3s? That's a big area of confusion for a lot of people. So tell us what's good about them and where we should be getting them. 
Well, these can really help you reduce your risk of cardiovascular disease. They're also essential if you include some alpha-linolenic acid or omega-3 fatty acids in your diet. And these come in foods such as flax seeds, hemp seeds, chia seeds, walnuts. These are the, the most famous. And also they're in leafy greens, although you have to eat quite a few of those to get significant amounts of the omega-3s. Now, our bodies will convert those into longer compounds that are called um, well, they're used in, in kind of hormone-type areas and are very, very important for health. And our, But our bodies can make these longer forms, such as DHA and EPA. So uh, people get interested in that. And people had eaten fish for the DHA and EPA. So this is a, a very interesting area because it turns out we don't need to do that at all. Um, we're concerned about fish and the toxic components in the the ocean now where it's kind of a dumping ground for a lot of very unpleasant compounds. And uh, so people are interested in, well, what do we do about the long-chain omega-3s, the DHA and EPA? Well, that is a question. Do you have any newer information? I know when I was researching Main Street Vegan back in, in 2011, the best information then was that we know that people do convert the ALA and the flax and so forth to these long chain fatty acids, but we don't know how well any particular individual does that. And I was also told by one physician that there is some indication that women do it better than men. <laughs> and, you know, on my days that I want to say, yay, girl power, see how many things we do good. Uh, but is are we safe just having the walnuts and the flax, or do we need that algae-based supplement? Well, this is a very lively area of research. And as you probably know, the whole nutrition field, the first vitamin was discovered in 2013. Nutrition's just evolving a mile a minute, and there's research yeah. coming out all the time. Yeah. You mean, so, okay, 1913 the first vitamin? Yeah, so, so uh, just over 100 years ago, the first vitamin, vitamin A. Um, so we find with DHA that we're not in sh- entirely sure who would benefit by having DHA, but it seems that people with hypertension or two, type 2 diabetes or perhaps uh, during pregnancy and when somebody's breastfeeding, it might be valuable to take DHA as, a, um, say, in, in pill form from microalgae. And microalgae are where fish get their DHA anyway, so you're just using the same source the fish do. But you're right, when a woman is at in the childbearing years, and particularly when they are pregnant or breastfeeding, they develop superpowers in changing the omega-3 fatty acids in chia and flax and hemp or walnuts into the long-chain forms. Um, So we haven't wanted to recommend that every vegan should take DHA as as a supplement. You know, we don't need more supplements than... um, we're not not sure it's necessary. We're not sure it's even advisable. But uh, people could when they have these very specific conditions. So when we talk about whether or not it's advisable, I know that there has been some indication that taking fish oil supplements, which obviously wouldn't apply to vegans, but just for our general knowledge, that that has been problematic, that it's been um, implicated in possibly increasing uh, prostate cancer risk. Has there been any indication that taking the algae-based EPA DHA can cause us any trouble? No, there isn't indication that this could cause trouble. But it's an area, when I say there's question about this, a DHA is very readily oxidized. And we're not entirely sure you want a lot of this floating around in your bloodstream at, at high levels. Vegans definitely have lower levels of blood DHA, 
but we typically, unless they're taking DHA supplements for, that are microalgae-based, but we have no idea whether this somewhat lower levels are good or bad or what they are. Uh, we have so so much to learn about nutrition. So at the present time, we're recommending that people definitely include the chia seeds, the flax seeds, hemp seeds, walnuts, whatever of those they like, and also um, in certain conditions would take DHA, but that's it. Okay. I love how you have such good sense. You and Brenda Davis as well. You guys have done so many wonderful books together, Becoming Vegan, and I know you've done that in, in two forms. So there's a regular edition for lay people and an expanded edition for for healthcare providers and, and nutrition nerds. I guess I fall in the nerd category. And um, Becoming Raw, beautiful, beautiful book. And you're, you're both so sane and balanced, and I love how you're willing to learn new information and shift a little bit based on that new information. So flexibility is a good thing in and outside of yoga class. So let's talk about something that's controversial in a lot of circles, and that's cholesterol levels. There was a time when high cholesterol, that's bad, you're going to get a heart attack, end of story, but then a lot of people came along saying, well, not so fast. Maybe cholesterol is not all we thought it was. What do you know about this? <laughs> well, that that was really a funny one a few years ago. As soon as there was uh, one study done that showed, hey, maybe cholesterol isn't so bad, it hit the, the headlines fast. You know? <laughs> this is, whoa, don't worry, eat all the eggs you want type of thing. And uh, then Brenda contacted one of the main researchers in Oxford, England, and said, hey, what was going on with that? That was such a strange thing. And and the woman uh, who was scientific researcher as part of this string of people that published the paper said, well, we we tried to publish it in its original form, and it definitely showed that high cholesterol intakes were problematic. And it was submitted to the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, who said, um, look, at this is old news. We already knew that. So the paper was rewritten. You know how you can rewrite science um, because there are different ways of um, comparing population groups. And they they ended up doing this crazy comparison where, for example, they compared Scandinavians who had extremely high fat intakes to those that had only very high fat and cholesterol intakes. So, and and they didn't compare people with high intakes and those with very low intakes. So it was just kind of a reworking of the research in a very unhelpful way, and it didn't change the underlying fact that eating too much cholesterol, which is only found in animal products, is problematic and does lead to heart disease. So uh, people were so thrilled to find out they could eat all the bacon and eggs they wanted that a lot of times people haven't found out what was what was going on underneath. That is fascinating. I didn't know that <laughs> about the study. Wow. I, I mean, all really... I heard was what we all heard, you know, butter is back and all that. That's right. That's That was everybody who likes butter was so happy with that one. So, but what we really are finding, hey, it's better to go towards whole plant foods. It really is. There are so many different reasons in relation to heart disease. And, and also hypertension. You can reduce your risk of hypertension by, now get this number, 75% by going Whoa. plant-based. 75%. You can have a huge decrease of your risk of type 2 diabetes or insulin sensitivity um, get restored. Like You can just make such big, big changes. And we're finding this from these big studies, the Epic Oxford studies and the Adventist Health study. Let me ask you, people that listen regularly know that this is just a thing for me, that I don't know that we know what plant-based means. 
because I've oh. had people tell me they're plant-based and they eat some meat, and other people say, well, I'm not vegan, I'm plant-based, and they mean I don't eat sugar, oil, or salt, or anything processed. And I was reading on a website the other day, plant-based means vegan or vegetarian. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything comes from an animal. Ah, in your work as a registered dietitian, in the studies that you read, what is the terminology that we need to be using if we are implying no animal products and ideally whole foods? Uh, I think for, let's see, for uh, there, there are a number of different ways of using te- terminology and it pe- depends on your goal. So the vegan society makes it clear that you don't use any animal products or don't consume any animal products in your diet. And uh, if you have a vegan lifestyle, you don't use any animal products like leather. And with vegetarian, you don't use eggs or dairy. Now, plant-based has come in, and I'm actually feeling pretty good about it, the use of that phrase right now because I attended Animal Rights 2017 last summer, in, it was in Washington, D.C. This year it'll be in uh, Los Angeles, and I plan to go again. A wonderful conference. But anyway, some of the communications going on between people are how rigid should we be when we're talking to people. And I really liked Tobias Linart, who wrote How to Create a Vegan World book, and um, Melanie Joy's ideas that it was okay to be a bit easy with people like if they have one little bit of something that's animal product once a year because it it was so awkward otherwise with their family um, they can still call themselves plant-based and I like that idea because a lot of us have evolved over time and I haven't been vegan as long as you I've only been 25 years since oh my goodness well Vasanto But uh, it was a, an evolution. It really was. And before that, I, I've for half my life, so that's about 38, 40 years, I was vegetarian. And before that, I had a kind of evolving diet towards more plant-based. So I could see that these things happened over time, and my concepts changed over time. And I also found that it was much more easy to be plant-based and and entirely plant-based, like vegan, when I knew it could taste good and I could find things I wanted to eat. So I had to learn different little tips along the way. And I really liked that idea that we could just ease up and let encourage people at whatever stage they're at. So I like that I, very much too. You find find that similar? Yeah. Oh, and, and I, yeah. I want to tell you, I find you such a gorgeous woman, and I really find it exciting that there are some very lovely older people that are just setting good examples to how to age in in good health, in in beauty, in kind of having this fresh lovely look and and feeling energy as we get older yeah (laughs) well you're you're very kind to say that i want to back up on one thing that i think you accidentally if i heard you right said vegetarians don't use eggs or dairy and i think you meant to say that they do or that they can Um, yeah just so nobody gets confused and on the aging thing that's really interesting vasanto because to me aging is an interesting adventure And I don't know exactly how it's going to go. I mean, I was teaching a class on aging well a few years ago and said that I was 64 and a woman was there with her mother and her mother was in her 80s who leaned over and said to the daughter, what does she know about aging? She's only 64. And I think there's really something to that. I mean, I know what it is to be the age I am. I don't know what it means to be some, some other age. There are some people who say we shouldn't even bring that kind of stuff up 
because it dilutes the point and, you know, there are some people, you know, who were like professional models and they've had all kinds of work done. And of course they're going to look great. And then when they say they look great because they're vegan, the implication is everybody else is supposed to do that. So I don't know where we put those kinds of things. Where do you come down on that? Well, I found since I was about 60, so that's, uh, I'll be 76 in a, a few weeks, and <clears throat> that little things would come up and I've always been able to turn them around but I had to pay attention to them but that's meant that I could still hike uh, in various places in Hawaii even though I've had a hip replacement you know I could um, do all kinds of I go to the gym and do different fitness no I can't do some of the yoga poses that other people in the class are doing but I think it's just fun to be uh, enjoying doing things, playing. We took our grandson to Kauai, and uh, we could go down to the beach and fool around and fall over in the water and this kind of thing. Um, we want to be enjoying life as we get older, and that's the main thing, and not carrying a lot of extra body weight. That's helpful as well. Um, it means you move better, you reduce your disease risk, and we find from both the Epic Oxford and the Adventist Health Study that the vegans are the ones with the most ideal body weight. Just, well, there's so many things that are kind of junky and high in fat that we just can't eat, you know, we don't include in our diets. Yeah, it is a great protection. I mean, I used to say in the early days, veganism protects you from baked goods. Well, that's no longer the case because very smart culinary brains have figured out how to make donuts and, and everything else. And yet they're not available everywhere. They're not in every corner store. They're not in the 7-Eleven. So I still think there is a certain level of protection there. So it is Valentine's Day for anybody listening live or close to live. <laughs> and so we need to talk about the very favorite February food group, which is the chocolate group. Good or right. bad, Visanto? Well, I'll tell you. Um, I'm hoping, and this will probably happen, that my husband will have some chocolate ginger for me later today. <laughs> I accept. That's a usual tradition. And uh, chocolate, actually, dark chocolate, turns out it, it's from a bean. So it uh, grows on a plant, and the, the chocolate cocoa bean grows on a plant, and they contain flavonoids, and they are high in antioxidant power. So chocolate turns out to be somewhat beneficial. Now, we don't want huge, huge amounts of it, but it can... Uh, these flavonoids can help us lower blood pressure, improve blood flow to the brain and heart, and make our platelets less sticky and likely to clot. So, uh, I and ginger turns out also to reduce uh, inflammation. So, I think that's a really good one. But any kind of, and especially dark chocolate, is uh, quite beneficial. has some has some positive side effects. Oh, wonderful. And the chocolate holidays are some of the best ones. So in just uh -huh. our last couple of minutes, Vasanto, one thing, one piece of nutritional information that you would like to give to people listening, particularly those who are already vegan or very close to it, what should we know? Oh, one of the things about your heart is be sure to take vitamin B12. And this is another area of lively research, uh, but if you take either a 1,000 micrograms a couple times a week or 25 micrograms a day in a multivitamin um, supplement, then you'll be really protecting your health. And it's the only thing in a vegan diet that could undermine your heart health. So be sure to include B12 in a supplement or fortified food. Wonderful. And be sure to include Vasanto Molina's website, Nutrispeak. Is that .com or .org? Nutrispeak.com. And then we have also becomingvegan.ca. And there you'll see our books, Becoming Vegan Comprehensive and the Express Edition. 
And Which I just have a new novels. little called uh, Star Gold, the Food Fairy, the plant-based <gasps> edition. It came out this month, and I did it with a dietitian, so it's on Amazon. <laughs> it's on our website. Star Gold, the Food it's Fairy? A, the children's book, just showing kids how um, choosing your dietary um you know, making a good dietary choices will help you build a good body. So it's, it was, I did it with a dietitian, Claudia LeMay, and it's, it's a very fun little book, great picture. Well, I love to yeah. know that because this is one of the areas, I think, in, in the whole vegan world where we're a little bit shy. You know, we've got so many books and so many cookbooks, but not a lot for kids and not a lot for parents. So thank that's you so food. much, Star Gold, the Food Fairy. Oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> bye, Claudia LeMay. Okay, bye. Wonderful. Well, thanks so, so much, Vasanto. And you can find Vasanto on Twitter at Vasanto Melina. And we will put, as I always say, everybody's URLs at um, MainStreetVegan.net. You just click on podcast and then click down to show notes and it'll all be there. So you can get to know these these magnificent people even better. Thanks so much, Vasanto Molina, RD. Also, Laura Lee Blanchard from Leilani Farm Sanctuary of Maui. Thanks to all the good people at Unity who make this program possible. Our engineer, Jeff Comfort, and you, our wonderful listeners. Happy Valentine's Day and happy today, whenever that might be. God bless you. Eat your veggies. you could start each day with a positive outlook, remembering you are a divine expression of God. Daily Word is a booklet of daily devotionals offering positivity that's downright contagious. With a print subscription or by email, you can pause to reflect on how to practice spirituality in your human experience. Reading Daily Word takes about a minute a day, so you can feel uplifted every morning. Visit dailyword.com to subscribe. truly understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting, no more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you're ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio, the teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world.
in this constantly changing world, life and personal values can seem more than a little unstable. Just when you think you have it all figured out, then everything changes. Sometimes life can seem overwhelming. Well, the good news is you can change your life. You have within you the power to learn how to flow with the changes and smooth out the bumps of life. You can experience the joy, peace, health, and abundance you deserve. You were created to be happy and productive. That urge to grow and express yourself was put there for a reason. Learn the spiritual principles that can help you not just to survive, but thrive in this changing world. At Unity, we'd like to help you do just that. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.